This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for your tablet, smartphone, and desktop. Support the show and get a free audiobook of your choice by visiting audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by TrekFan. TrekFan isn't just a Star Trek fan club. It's a challenge. You'll explore new places, learn new things, and collaborate with other fans to solve puzzles, complete real-life mission objectives, and win great prizes. And, in the spirit of an enlightened future, TrekFan is absolutely free. Not just free to play, but completely free. Find out more by visiting fm.trekfan.org. This is Houston Huddleston from New Starship, and I'm restoring the Enterprise D Bridge. And you're listening to Trek FM. T. Earl Grey, hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, Trek FM's dedicated TNG show. I'm Daniel Prue, sitting in the center chair this week. A- again this week, joined by my wonderful co-hosts. We have Yeoman Darren Moser next to me. Darren, is there no excuse that you can find that would put you back in the scant? Like, you're always just trying to find any reason just to, to put it back on. You know, I'm always looking to the future, Daniel, never the past. So I just think that scants have uh, had their had their time, and it's a yo ho ho yeoman. It's a pirate thing. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, and also joining me, of course, is uh, navigator Philip Gilfus. Um, so Philip, I know you're reporting to duty for the first time. Are you telling me that you can't take the con position because you don't know how to drive the ship? You can just tell us where to go. I mean. We have Tom Toms for that. Yeah, well, I, uh, I, uh, what, no, wait, hold on. Where, where do I sit? I'm just, I'm just gonna sit on the floor for now. Whoa, is this, this, is this carpet? I'm used to <laughs> usually just a metal plate where I usually am. Wow, this is comfortable. I'm just like sitting, uh, crisscross applesauce style here, man. I'm just gonna get comfortable over here. Ooh, man. Yes. Uh, okay. So, as our ridiculously convoluted and uh, constructed introduction has told no one, I thought it would be interesting today. You know, I I'm finishing up now on my TNG rewatch, heading towards literally I think the last three episodes of of TNG. And as I was heading towards the end, I was thinking, Don't tell me how I, it ends. <laughs> we know it's not really. The if you end. want to, I mean, we know you're just going to put in Encounter Four Point you know, in four episodes. <laughs> All over I mean, we just know that. <laughs> yeah. But if you do want to find out how it ends, you should listen to our uh, All Good Things podcast. Um, but or, no. Or Teen G Season 8. <laughs> or Teen G Season 8. Or Generations. Or whatever you want to listen to. We got you covered. <laughs> um, but, you know, I was and heading into the... I was leaving... I'm starting to leave TNG and head into the beginning of Deep Space Nine. And I was thinking, uh, what... What is it, this legacy that TNG has inherited? What, is this, what does it mean? What has changed? What's different? And, and an interesting topic came to my mind. Um, and we've talked about this before on the podcast. You know, we've mentioned it, that there was a very concerted effort in the beginning of TNG, in season one of TNG, when they were developing the show. There was a very, a big push to separate it from TOS, the original series. 
And I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to talk about the elements that the, the creators, whether, you know, whether willingly or unwillingly or uh, whether purposefully or not, decided to leave behind, to leave by the wayside. Now, I will say I considered bringing uh, our, our good friends from Standard Orbit onto the show, but, uh, you know, they, they're, they're, uh, they're a little outdated. So, uh, you know, it's just going to be us guys talking here. But, but uh, let's talk, let's, let's just talk introductions here. Uh, Darren, what do you think? Like, you and I and, and, and Philip here, we're all aware of the fact that they tried to separate TNG, make TNG its own thing, apart from TOS. First of all, do you think that was a good strategy? And second of all, do you think it worked? I think I think it did. I think the fact that the amount of time in universe that Next Gen is set from the original series, I mean, it's very smart doing a, a big enough gap where, you know, technology has progressed and, you know, things, it, again, you can reference your history, but you don't, you're not bound by it. I think that's a really smart move. And obvious, and another thing comes to the fact that in the original series, they're looking at what the future looked like in the 60s. And in Next Gen, we're looking at what does the future look like in the 80s. I mean, that's 20 years apart. So you see that reflected in the show. And I think that was, was a good move. I, I think it was better to place the Next Gen where it was and not just maybe five years later and it's everything still looks the same. Hey, let's just bring Star Trek back. It's like, no, let's do it bigger and better. <laughs> okay all right uh, what about you philip like do you feel the same way that, about darren that that it was a wise move like i mean think about being a, a producer of star trek the next generation in 1986 or, or early 1987 when they were making this show and you have to come up with these decisions is this a good idea like how do we deal with this i i, I don't know if this is true but i imagine this is the first time a, a property like star trek and it's not a reboot it's a continuation but uh I, and I may be ignorant of this, but I, I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is the first time anything like this had been attempted. Um, yeah, sort of a next generation, a follow up, a, a a spinoff, but that is forward in time, not just a spinoff. Yeah, it's interesting. And for the record, I think Drew and Mike are not are regular dated, not outdated. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I was just going over my one of my books here, uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation: The Continuing Mission by uh, uh, Judith. And uh, uh, Garfield Reeves Stevens um, to get kind of to get my memory going about the beginning of TNG here. So I mean, you know, think of all the um, fan rage or and all about JJ films when that came out. I mean, that was going on in 1986, 1987. You're starting a new Star Trek. Okay, wait, without Kirk and Spock? Whoa, 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 whoa! I thought you said you were doing Star Trek. What's going on here? And so, to, but to read those kind of memos from Bob Justman and and the others about kind of what we're talking about today like okay what did we really want to do you know what what maybe some things we did that during TOS that maybe here in 1980s doesn't seem to make as much sense and, and I know we'll talk about that but even Gene this is kind of his second chance he kind of had to be like all right Gene you want to do it again I know you've had some you know bad experiences with the network we're not doing it that way anymore and he's like well you know I guess I could take a second bite at this apple, maybe do it like I wanted to. And, and again, nothing against TOS, but that, that was sort of like we talked about, you know, TNG sort of like, okay, we're going to do it again and, and maybe we can do it bigger and better. And, and, and I mean, I think they did, but, but, you know, TOS diehards may disagree, but, but I think that was certainly going into it. Okay. What can we do 
bigger and better. And, you know, that brings up an interesting point. And I don't think anybody's going to mistake our this conversation for disrespecting the, the you know, TOS. But but I do want to make it clear that while we are, it's the, the premise of this episode is to state that, of course, TNG is very, very different than TOS in a lot of ways. We could equally do another show about how the, the threads that TNG picked up from TOS and how there's a how they're very connected as well. So um, we're not saying necessarily that TNG is doing it better or worse. We're just saying that TNG did it differently. And this we're not is, uh, not saying. We're not not saying that TNG did it better, but but of course, Philip, uh, you know, he, as he was talking, uh, he mentioned the 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 most famous line that was changed from the opening monologue from TOS to TNG from five year mission to continuing mission. And that's, uh, I think that's kind of indicative of... I thought the most powerful line change was where no man has gone before well, is to no, no man one no, has to gone no one. before. Yes, you're right, you're right. Okay. But we're an okay. all-male podcast. We don't really care about that. <laughs> Am I right? Huh? Huh? Guys, you're leaving me hanging. Darren, uh... you're just you're just a yeoman, and I can kick you off first season if I want yeah, to. Yeah, I'm, I'm still a little say. bitter about that because I was looking at your list and, and Commodore was there, and yet and yet uh, I got stuck as the yeoman. So I'm 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 taking notes, Daniel. I'm taking notes. And and to put this TNG TOS thing to rest, uh, just count the number of seasons. No, I'm oh. done. I'm, I tease. Oh. I tease. What about if we count the number of movies? Oh, oh. oh and see, good they, movies oh. at that. Yeah, they still have numbers. Oh. <laughs> it's oh, true. Yeah. It's true. Um, <laughs> okay. Anyways, first of all, Darren, don't call me out on my own sh- my own episode here because uh, <laughs> Anyways, okay. So let me rephrase that. One of the, uh, well, the only I guess the only other one of the of the big content changes in that opening monologue is continuing mission, right? From five-year mission. Um, and I don't know that we can hold five-year mission. I know, I believe that the five-year mission line was basically Gene Roddenberry's way of trying to get five <laughs> years of work out of, out of five seasons of in a movie. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but it's, it is, uh, this is an interesting, uh, this is a great segue into the first topic, which is how has the in-universe universe essentially changed from tos and i'd like to talk about that i'd like to bring that up and say there are lots of differences lots and lots and lots of differences from tos to tng and i'm going to bring up the i'm going to bring up the first the big two that everybody points to and then i'm going to ask your opinion and then you guys can just jump in and say whatever you guys think so of course the biggest thing for tos fans when they first watch tng when they first watch encounter at farpoint is is why is there a Klingon without a chair in the back of the ship? This doesn't make any sense, right? And uh, and then, of course, the second is, and not only throughout the whole th- that, that first episode, but throughout the entire series, we have almost no Vulcans at all. So, Darren, wh- so Klingons are friends. Vulcans are gone. What's going on? This is not Star Trek. This is, this is totally different. I think, just like we learned at Enterprise, that there was this great animosity between us and the Vulcans, the Klingons killed all the Vulcans, and we were so happy we invited them onto our bridge. No, I'm just kidding. That doesn't make any sense. No, I, 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 liked, I liked how they did it. I like the fact that Worf is just there. He's just doing his job. It's not like, let's take, you know, half this episode monologuing as to how the Klingon Empire, you know, eventually drew to peace and 
join, you know, morph droids. I mean, we don't need that. That that's drawing way too much attention to it. It's better just to leave it as it is and just there's Worf and you know, again, we still needed to, fl- you know, flesh out his character a lot, but uh that I I'm, I'm glad the way they did it though. And as far as the Vulcans, I guess I didn't miss them as much. I missed more of the Vulcan blue. <laughs> that's uh, if anything, <laughs> that's what I missed. Uh, because is, apparently is that only what your Vulcan... Crayola set calls it? Yes, Vulcan blue. it's Vulcan blue and <laughs> okay. uh, Klingon blood wine red. It's it's uh, Alexander's color uh, color crayon. But and Ferengi gold is actually really shiny. worthless gold. Why would you make a color about that? <laughs> but well, you know what? It's 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 actually really interesting, and I didn't intend to do this, but we get more. And of course, this is just because of the amount of TNG we get. But we get more about Klingons. You know, we get more about Klingons in TNG than, than TOS ever had about Vulcans. And I think even if you were to compare it, like, percentage-wise, like, even the, the amount of episodes we have about Klingon culture is probably higher than about Vulcan culture. Because then what do we have? You know, in the original series, we have, like, Journey to Babel and then uh, the other one. <laughs> Come on. Our mark time. I'm, I, Thank you, a mock time. I couldn't think of it. <laughs> um, yeah, we, yeah. Get, we get Vulcan sex in TOS and Klingon sex in TNG. That's the way it works. <laughs> Except they dropped the whole Spock son subplot, but we had to deal with Alexander for four seasons. <laughs> what the heck is that about? Anyways, uh, Philip, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Klingons I, and Vulcans. Well, I, I do on? like the whole. There's just a Klingon there, like. I mean, and I'm thinking like you know you're watching Encounter, you're like, is that a, is that is that a Kling, is that a Klingon there? And then like he, he does get that sort of one line like, sir, I'm a Klingon, I can't take command of a saucer because I want the battle section. No, I, I may be paraphrasing, but um, just the but, you know, but that's that. But you know, but he says you know you're a Starfleet officer, and you're like yes, sir. Bro. So you're like, okay, Klingons are in Starfleet because you know we. I don't think we learned for a long, long time that he's the only Klingon. Of course, that's the rule. He's the only one. It's the wonderful thing about Klingons. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, Enterprise D has one android, one Klingon. We 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 get we get the uh, we're collecting them all. Um, But uh, you know, like in Heart of Glory, um, that somewhat forgettable episode. But Von Armstrong shows up. Hey, so but I like. It, it almost like they go out of their way to show, like, the establishment Klingons are boring. Like, they pick up these Klingon rebels, and then he's talking to Worf, and da-da-da-da. But it's like, when they talk to, like, the, the Klingon government, it's like, you know, it has, like, the Klingon symbol and the UFP symbol in the back. He's like, hey, uh, what's up? Oh, okay, yeah, we got some rebels. We'll come pick them up. You know, hail Federation. You know, it's like, okay, well, we've kind of <laughs> defanged that enemy. Um, so, uh... Now, of course, that changes, you know, about, you know, once we get into uh, uh, the Wharf episodes of, of, you know, going back to the Klingon homeworld and all that with Galron and everything. But, um, but yeah, for, I mean, for that beginning, we sort of neuter the Klingons and, like, okay, they're no longer a threat. So it's like, oh, um, well, then who's our threat? Like, again, this is, how can this be Star Trek? There's no Klingons to fight. What's going on? And, and you know, I don't want to... I think that the, the the this idea that Klingons were the enemies of TOS is it's kind of uh, retconned, right? I was Isn't just it? thinking like, that we only yeah, I mean yeah, like we really do only get three or four well, episodes. I they're, think. they're mentioned, I would say probably, and this is off the top of my head, so I'm probably wrong. Six because you have Private Little War, Day of the Dove, Trouble the Tribbles, 
Um, and then there's maybe one or two where they're maybe mentioned in passing. Um, but you know what? The other problem is, Daniel, I'm thinking of Klingons, not Klingons. So that's my <laughs> exactly. Sorry. Sorry. But actually, um, which is interesting, but of course we do get them in what? Star Trek 1? There's no Klingons in Star Trek 2. No. Oh, I might be suffering right. my yeah, no, nerd no, card here. I don't right. think there is. But we do get them in 3 and right. 4. Yeah. Wait. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, they're they're riding in the Bird of Prey yes. throughout a 4. They're in the Bird of Prey, so I assume that's the... <laughs> okay, which is... Okay, so and this five, is probably why most... <laughs> but we haven't had 5 and 6 at this point, that's presuming true. we're Spoilers. starting from Season 1. So... So actually, what I think is more, and it's interesting, we did have this whole conversation about Klingons, but what's, and I, what's I think is more interesting and more telling is that Vulcans are a much bigger part of, of the original series, and the fact that they're almost complete absence. Can you name a, another Vulcan character from TNG besides Dr. Solar ah! <laughs> uh, that is a TNG character? Eric? Derek uh, is not a TNG character. He's I, a I feel like character. he developed more on TNG, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so wait, name a Vulcan that's a TNG character. Well, like the like only originally. ones that, I mean, the, yeah, there's none. Yeah. But I mean, like the Vulcans <laughs> I remember seeing, I just watched Suspicion, season six, and there's a Vulcan scientist in that one when Beverly plays Quincy. Um, and then there's that Vulcan with like two lines in Coming of Age. You know who's who's along with Wesley, the most brilliant people in the Federation, who can't get to Starfleet for some reason, can't pass the SAT. Um, oh, she was cute though. Yeah. So, well, I, I know <laughs> I know how Vulcans are for you, Daniel. I got it. Um, but uh, you know, wait wait another six years, I think. Um, but um, yeah, there's really no no Vulcan character that that I could buy, and playmates from the TNG section. Uh, Ambassador Spock. <laughs> again, again, Darren, you're he not was, paying attention to the wasn't, rules. He wasn't an ambassador in TOS. <laughs> it's it a matter? totally different figure not, on my shelf. You're not paying attention I, actually, to the I rules. Can't, I can't think of one. It is, it's more significant, although less. I think it's it's considered less now because in the broader Star Trek con, uh, uh, in the broader Star Trek context, we have Tuvok. We have T'Pol, and then we have, of course, any, I mean, pick any uh, Vulcan, you know, to Spock, exactly. (laughs) Um, You know, we have lots of of Vulcans at this point in in Star Trek, but at the time, that was a really, really important and very bold move. And of course, you could say, and I think a lot of critics would say, that Data is the stand-in. But but ultimately, his struggle is kind of the anti spock struggle right like spock is trying to hide his humanity data is trying to discover his and that was a, i think a brilliant move by the writers but imagine he's more of a but, but imagine though that they had put a vulcan in tng i mean i almost see why they didn't because you can't because as soon as you put a vulcan in no matter what his role is he is every episode is just going to be compared to spock but they did do that in Voyager, right? I mean, that didn't. Do you compare every episode of Tuvok to but every I think episode? Of I, think that, I think they figured this was two full series later. Yeah. They had gained enough buffer between <laughs> Next Generation v. No. Space Nine. You're now allowed a Vulcan. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I I do agree with you. Of course, that was their that was their their thinking at the time. But it, I also think that it, it could have backfired, right? That's like having a Transformers movie without Optimus Prime. Spock is just as important as Kirk is, at least in my opinion. So, w- w- so it was a gamble. It was a huge risk 
to say, oh, Vulcans are not as important to you know, Star Trek. Someone once told me that risk is part of the game if you want to sit in that <laughs> chair and – oh, wait, never, never mind. That's, that's I can picture I Daniel gesturing like this with his arm back. Home, <laughs> <laughs> um, take a seat, There's, Philip. <laughs> is there something wrong with your chair? Um, which is, technically is from a TNG movie. Um yeah, yeah, and I think that that's the whole thing of whenever you're starting some well not something new, something new that's from existing like we're saying, you're starting Star Trek again. So how much of the familiar do you take and how much do you not take cuz you don't want to be like we're trying cuz that was the whole thing that I keep reading about when I read about early next generation catching lightning in a bottle again. Oh, you know, cuz the, the Leonard Nimoy everyone else is like, "Oh, you'll never do it. You guys are just trying to to capture lightning in a bottle. It'll never happen again. Star Trek was a once-in-a-lifetime thing. It'll never go again. You know, we're it. Make awesome signs. Um, and so that was the risk they were taking. And so do you try to copy or do you try something new? And that's always that's always the risk of trying something new from something that's existing. Just ask J.J. Abrams. But I think the reason it did succeed was not because – you know, in that in that regard of what you're saying, Philip, it's like, oh, well, you can't have Star Trek without Kirk or Spock, and the and that was the that was the statement everyone was making. But the answer is yes, you can because it's Star Trek, because Star Trek is bigger than just Kirk and Spock. I mean, I'm I'm not really trying to like define what is Star Trek, but I think we can all kind of feel that like the 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 morals, the the future, the the starship, just all of these aspects together is Star Trek. It's it's bigger than just two men and one It's Vulcan. bigger on the inside. <laughs> but the important thing to remember, and I, I actually agree with you, Darren. I'm not, I'm not in any way disagreeing with what you're saying. But the important thing to remember is in 1987, that's not a sure bet. Oh, I know. I'm just saying that's in why In 1987, there's no that. way to know that. Yes, I agree. I totally 100% agree. Okay, we've spent a lot of time, and we could probably spend a whole episode, and maybe we will in the future – about Vulcans and Klingons, um, oh but my. let's talk about s- and Ferengi. <laughs> let's oh talk my. about some of the. <laughs> well, there were, there was no Ferengi in TOS, but let's talk about some other differences between the universe, the in-universe universe of Star Trek in TOS and TNG. Of course, uh, we mentioned Philip mentioned the continuing mission versus the five-year mission, uh, which I think is was an important distinction as well to show that TNG's universe is much more well established. Like it's, uh, yeah, and of course we've talked about this as well before. Uh, it's a reflection of the times, right? In the 1960s, people were much more uncertain cold on what ass. was going to happen in the future. Who knows? Who do, you change. know? You, and then in, ni- in the 1980s, the world was starting to kind of settle. It was it was starting to kind of be a, a pretty established place. So uh, we get lots of star bases all over the place in. TNG and we get lots of starships. The hood is constantly following the enterprise. So what do you guys think about that? Do you think that was um, a good reflection of the times and that, that it worked well for TNG? Well, I mean, my biggest uh, thing, which I, I don't know if I talk about a lot, but I feel like I do um, is families because a five year mission, not which I think that's kind of weird to say like, Oh, we're just going to be gone for five years. I'm like, really? That's, that's an awful long time. <laughs> but anyway, we were only gone for five years, but in a continuing mission, it's, it's, you don't know you're going to be there for however long. And so the idea with TNG is, well, of course we're going to have families on there. We you know we're not just going to be out there on our own and just leave them on earth or whatever. I mean, I, so that was a, I think a huge significant change and people can argue whether or not, that worked because I think you look into the other series, you don't see that at all, um, which I think you can 
argue logically why you don't see that, but that's certainly a conscious choice that only TNG has predominant children and families. Yeah, I mean, I know Jake Sisko and 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 Naomi and and, and all that stuff, but still, you, you don't have like children just walking around the ship like you do in TNG. And so I think that's sort of like you know more, maybe not your main characters, but a lot of our main char- half our main characters had children of some sort. You know, Worf, <laughs> Troy, Data. Um, Beverly, if we count that, I guess. Um, you know, uh, Picard, if we count that, Picard is <laughs> <his> nephew. <laughs> yeah, and so, uh, so or if we count Wesley, yeah, you know, and of course, I would, you know, you obviously you have Deep Space Nine with a stronger, you know, Cisco as father there. You know, that, that's that's certainly an argument there. But but TNG does have this whole, like you said, more stability. You know, the '60s are a time of change. Like you said, uncertain '80s, a little bit more stable, and that whole family thing, and and. Not a lot of our guys were married, admittedly, but but you do have that more of a family sense on the Enterprise D. Okay, and the last thing I guess we'll talk about is is Starfleet specifically the changes that we got to see. Right um, in the intro to this episode, I did mention some some uh, position. I guess pos- I want to say positional, but that sounds uh, some positional differences. Right, like. TOS had yeomans and commodores and navigators. And they have all of these positions. Communications officers. Communications officers as well, yeah. But uh, in TNG, we didn't have any of that. It was much more streamlined. And not only that, but we had the most significant change, the most important, uh, you know, Starfleet uniform significant change of, of yellow to red, right? That's important. What was going on with that, Darren? How do you feel about that? Well, I'm... I mean, technically, I believe the the story goes that Patrick Stewart just didn't look good in gold, and so they would they changed it for him. But uh, either that or Data didn't look good in red. I can't remember what how they swapped it, but yeah, that was a big change. I mean, and it's it's almost it, it's because it's been like that for so many seasons. After it, you almost look back at TOS and go like, wait, did they get it wrong? It's like no, they're the one who originated it. We're the ones who switched it. But yeah, and with the less positions, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, you're, again, yes, even though there's more families, you didn't have like a cruise director or something, you know, on board, or you know, there was. I'm sure they could have made up a lot of other uh, types of positions they really needed to. But uh, but you know, it it was a different, you know, it's a different era. You know, you're not out exploring the unexplored mass of the galaxy. You're you're, yeah, you're towards the edge of Federation space, but you're in Federation space most of your, you know, tour. So it, it makes sense that you don't need necessarily all of these types of positions. And it's gotten a lot easier. It's, you know, it's point and click to, to fly the Enterprise now. You don't need Astro Gators and all those sound effects. It's so easy a 14-year-old can do it, really. You know, it's not hard. Minimal to training show. and not even a uniform. <laughs> Well, he is like Mozart, guys. Come on. <laughs> oh, did they mention that? I don't remember. A, I don't remember a reference. Uh, um, yeah, and and I think you know. I know we're talking about you know what was lost um, from TOS, but like you know a counselor. So like we don't have a navigator, but we have a counselor. You know, we don't have uh, a communications officer, but we have a dedicated security chief. You know, and so it's it's interesting to see that sort of evolution of of you know cut and paste, and you know we still have people around the captain in different colors and main characters, but, you know, exactly what they do and, and how the ship works. You know, I, I, th- I think t- to me, one thing I enjoy, which may just be me, 
um, there's less of a militaristic feel between TOS and TNG. You know, again, like we make fun of it, um, the carpeting on the Enterprise D and the look of it, the wooden panel, not a submarine anymore. Wagons. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like you, you felt that tin can in TOS, and rightly so. But in TNG, it's more, you know, as as they always make fun of the hotel in space or whatever. But you know, it is a different feel, like literally a different feel. We're not just there to fight Klingons and Romulans hiding behind everything. It's it's you know, hey, we're out to explore a little, a little more science. You know, a lot more science based. Not that TOS didn't do that. You know, with Spock and everything. But I think in TNG, you have a lot more science based missions and characters. There's not as many, not to say that there's none, but there's not as many ladders in TNG, I feel like. I don't know. They do right. their fair amount of time in the Jeffrey's tubes, but. And climbing <laughs> up true. and down the uh, turbo lift shaft. Frere Jacques, Frere uh, okay, well, okay, so let's move on a little bit here and talk about some of the threads that were dropped, that were, I, I assume, that they must have been consciously decided, like, of course, so famously we get encounter at Farpoint, right? And then follow it up immediately with uh, The Naked Time, which I think most people consider probably not the finest hour of TNG that you could watch. Well, Daniel, I have one um, thing to say to that, and that's... Beverly. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so that was an instance, I think, of, like... I think it was, like, knee-jerk reaction to, oh, my goodness, maybe people are not as familiar with... You, you know, they, they're, they're rejecting our premise of, of something different from TOS, so let's immediately pick up something... I don't know what it was. It was a misstep. Either way you look at it, it was something that should not have happened. Right. A lot well, of those first episodes are very TOS. Lot, the first season, really. I consider the first season extremely... And of course, we know this, right? We And the first and second season had a lot of leftover scripts from... Uh, uh, what was it called? State, uh, phase yeah, 2? Phase yeah, two. Phase 2. Star Trek mm-hmm. Phase 2. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense that a lot of those episodes would feel very TOS-y. And... And it also kind of makes sense that it doesn't fit the TNG mold, and a lot of and those seasons are considered the weaker of the seasons. But I well, I wanted to talk about some more threads that they could have picked up in in uh, TNG, but they didn't. Uh, and maybe they picked it up in later Star Trek. Maybe they didn't. Uh, but one of the first things that pops into my mind, uh, uh, thanks to my co-hosts, is the mirror universe. Right. That's true. Which seems rife with possibilities, and and. And did get picked and up, both but just not. East Space in, Nine uh, and Enterprise TNG. picked it up, right? I'm, I for one am glad. I'm so happy we didn't see an, a Mirror Universe TNG. Uh, I don't really like the Mirror Universe that much. That's my personal opinion. But uh, you know, what do you guys think? Is that a good thing? A bad thing? I've read a book I'm, called. Uh, I think it's. Dark Mirror. Dark Chips Mirror. Of the line? Did you read no, Chips no, of the this line? is another book. <laughs> oh, <okay>. Take <laughs> your drink at home, folks. <laughs> this is a different book called, yeah, Dark Mirror, and it's about, you know, TNG uh, Mirror Universe. But And, and you know, it's a great story, but I, I think you're right, Daniel. I think it the characters are so different, and to just, it would, 
I mean, if anything was to feel like a throwback to TOS, it would have been a Mirror Universe episode. Like, hey, look, we're back in the Mirror Universe. Like, I mean, even if they had done the whole, oh, this is the same universe, like, in the future, it just, you know, how about we just spend that hour focusing on fleshing out our actual characters a little more rather than introducing these opposite versions? Like, I kind of agree with you. I think it would have been fun, but we didn't really need it. Yeah, and who wants to see Troy with a goatee? That's just no one wants to see it. Um, but you know, I, th- I think a lot of this has to, do, and this is me somewhat guessing, but I feel like I'm right. But someone feel free to correct me on Twitter. Um, I think as long as Gene Ronberry was alive, you were going to see a lot of TOS stuff rejected out of hand. Like we're not doing, we're not going down that road, guys. We're not doing this again. I told you we're not doing this. You know, da 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 da. And so, I, and I can't remember which season he passed away, fourth or fifth season, I can't remember. Um, but then I think when when Spock came on, because remember, you know, we was like, don't even mention anything ever about a TOS character, you know. Yeah, we had like no idea Spock was still alive until that episode. Yeah. But like, it, even, I mean, not counting McCoy and, and the pilot, though, but I mean, you know, it was sort of like, all right, you know, and, and we get the Enterprise callback and naked uh, now. Um, you know, with, hey, I remember something about the Enterprise. Anyway, but it's like nothing until then. And then Spock, and then when Spock came, and then, you know, that's like, what, season four, right? Don't correct me. Um, and then it's like, okay, maybe we can do this. And then you have Scotty, and then you have, you know, you can start to bring back all this stuff. But it kind of it wasn't safe to do that. It was non grata for, like, the first couple seasons of, like, you know, we're establishing ourselves, guys. No callbacks. No callbacks. Although... One last thing on the Mirror Universe, Daniel. Now that I think about it, I think the closest we got was Parallels, which is actually a very tactful way of doing, you know, it's not Mirror Universe, but it's alternate universes. You, you know, <laughs> Parallels is a great example of that, but I actually consider Yesterday's Enterprise to be, mm. a, to be a more apt example of that, only because, of course we actually get a whole episode of it. That's right? true. Instead of just... Because Parallels one, wasn't a whole one episode. One crazy... One scene of crazy, Reich, crazy bearded homeless Riker <laughs> like freaking out. And, <laughs> and, but, that, but that's the best thing is between those two episodes and a couple others, they used the concept of the Mirror Universe well instead of just, oh, we're going to do a quote-unquote Mirror Universe episode. And I think it was better for that. I get a picture there's like that one guy in the writing room, for, which I know they didn't keep writers that long, but for all seven years, he's like, guys, we want to, need to do a Mary Universe. We're not doing it. I want to do a Mary Universe. It's like, all right, fine. We got one more episode before the s- series finale. We'll do it. Okay. Parallels. Okay. You happy? Finally. <laughs> this wanted writer and, with and to bring even a- more massive beard. Just think how awesome <laughs> he to is. Bring- <laughs> and to bring it back to Philip's point um, and to keep it a little topical, the Star Trek The Next Generation Season 6 Blu-ray set just came out. And uh, if you listen to the, um, the commentary from Ron Moore on the episode Relics, you'll hear how most of the time um, Rick Berman kind of blocked these ideas. He, he left the, like, they wanted to, they had this script, they wanted to change it to Scotty. Rick Berman usually said no. But he was very busy at the time with the launching of Deep Space Nine. And Snuck so it this in kind there. of thing... <laughs> when the cat's so, away. <laughs> exactly. Hot. So it is interesting that there there is this constant TNG struggle to distance itself from TOS. It's, and this is the whole point of this episode. And I think this is fascinating. And um, fascinating. 
of course we can bring up uh, of Maybe course intriguing we can bring even. up and ca- <laughs> intriguing I like exactly. data doesn't have a catchphrase does he <laughs> well other than oh and I, I can't say that I'm not Charlene <laughs> life forms <laughs> uh, no but of course you know we can bring up you know we can bring up examples when they do they they push it through or they make it in or whatever but it's mo- to me it's more interesting that they were trying to differentiate themselves and that's what the whole point of this topic was so guys another real big topic that i wanted to bring up was was khan khan right i think he's mentioned once that was an appropriate use of that by the way (laughs) he was brought up once was he not am i am i remembering this incorrectly well i I think more than once because the one i remember is um from the episode that you say you don't like um with max hendrum and it's where picard and they're having the philosophical (laughs) discussion no, 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 no. No, uh, no, no. It's, is it times? Not timescape. Timeless. I can't remember. But anyway, matter of time. A matter of time. Final answer is a matter of time. Um, and Picard, you know, it's the whole philosophy discussion of like, okay, well, you know, Captain, I'd like to do that, but if I do, one of those children will grow up, and Picard's like, will be the next Adolf Hitler or Khan Singh, you know. And so it's like, oh, you mentioned Khan there, um, but I feel like there was maybe I'm making up. I feel like there maybe is one more reference, something about genetic modification because that did there come was up. a reference in neutral zone was there not i believe because they found these people frozen right and there was an, a reference to like yeah. and there was that deleted scene where riker's like i remember reading in an enterprise history about finding frozen <laughs> people either that or oh, the episode's escaping me now but um when, well, we have a lot of clones what about the one where Worf is injured that's peace society and no not that one but ethics. Worf's injured ethics. and oh. ethics because uh, yeah. that just strikes me because they were talking a lot about you know ethics and and stuff and you know if you don't do things <laughs> it did come up in that episode <laughs> wait, it was wait, not wait. meant to be Hang a on. joke Phil. And you know what in the episode <laughs> violations you know what came up <laughs> violations you know what in time zero it was all about time and <laughs> wait First contact the episode. What was that about? One zero zero like, one zero zero one. <laughs> Unlike Deep Space Nine, we we have a little more literal uh, episode title. Family, a little less Latin. Was about family. Foul. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Um. Okay. Okay. Hang on. We're getting off the rails here. But yes. Khan was um, used at least mentioned. He might have been, but well, yeah. or but even like that. Even you know the whole Star Trek two plot, like Genesis, I think was also referenced. Possibly once. I, I again. I just need to rewatch all of Next Gen. Apparently, just. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, it's just. But it's what I'm saying is, it's if we see Next Generation in a vacuum, even us as Next Generation Next Generation super fans, the three of us, we only see it as this middle part of Star Trek. But we have to remember. I think it's really important to remember that for most of its run. It was trying to separate itself from TOS, and there was no future Star Trek. It was just TNG doing its own thing, which is interesting. And I guess that was the whole point of this subject. And we'll get towards the end of the, of the episode. We're going to talk about that. But um, let's move on finally to to the the outside, to, to, to the, the differences between TOS and TNG on a more meta level, which is the fact that, of course, T- TOS came out in 1966, TNG came out in 1987. Uh, so, of course, there's going to be natural differences between those two shows. So um, the storytelling, the character development, everything has changed from 1960. And, and again, I'm not holding this against TOS, but it's very different. Let's be TNG, right? 
Less beehives, that's right. But no, too you're, bad. And you're too right, bad. Daniel, though. It, I mean, the 60s, it, you have network television, and you know it's a very much a, every show is a bottle show where it doesn't really reference anything else, and there's like maybe, what, one, maybe two two-parters, if that. I mean, no, there's the menagerie. That, that's it. So, you know, that versus TNG, which was much more it, it you know despite the retconning of our memories it did have a lot of continuity <laughs> between you know between seasons and progressions and um I, I mean i'll let someone else touch on more of the uh the largerness of the ensemble but uh i i really loved the addition to the season cliffhangers because that i mean tos dun, dun, didn't really have dun, a chance dun, to do that dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I mean, they could only do two max, so we got to do so many, and and I love that. And as many people have pointed out, we we ruined everyone's summer that summer between Best of Both Worlds Part One and Two. Well, you know, not only that, of course, that that really the Best of Both Worlds, one, you know, the best the Best of Both Worlds established that tradition, not just in Star Trek, but in television in general. That that was such a huge television event. It changed the way I think it changed the way TV shows do things now. Like that's what they do now. That's they 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 have these, you know. Just for example, the last episode of and some people may not like the show, but the last episode of one of the most popular shows on television, The Big Bang Theory, ended on a cliffhanger episode. And of course, the stakes are different, right? But but stakes have of- never been high. Do they use you the know, same TNG. music at the end? Because I would love that. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. No, guys, guys, we can come so, up with our own music. No, this is the music we have to use for every <laughs> cliffhanger. I could just see it in the middle. I, I want to re-edit now all the cliffhangers of TNG to include that music. Time's arrow. Unification. And of course, we can't expect TOS to have done those things before, especially when that's something that TNG kind of pioneered. Well, I mean, but it is interesting that that storytelling device came into play there. I mean, let's, a little bit of the uh, the elephant in the room. You know, we talk about this again: network, 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 network. Well, the biggest change about TNG: it's not on a network; it's syndicated. syndication. Yeah, yeah, and so I mean, the, the rules are are totally different. I mean, the only people there, well, I say the only, the only people they're answering to is Paramount at the time. You know, at that time, Paramount owned the TV. Um, and so it wasn't like NBC and Desilu and all these studio, you know, it's like one, you know, Paramount executives, you know, which again, I'm sure is still enough to answer to, but, but that was a little bit more freedom now, a little bit more risk, but, uh, but a little bit more freedom too. Yeah. And really, if we look at the history of, of tele of, of TV at the time, TNG really is a very unique show. Like, of course, Deep Space Nine had that same luxury and they, they experienced a different part of that. I think aspect of that because they were largely ignored for TNG first and then for Voyager later. Well, you know, so they could. And Darren, I, I know you, you don't have the experience yet, but but and then we don't have it at all. But like, you know, it's like the first child you really pay attention to. Second one, you're like, <laughs> you know what? We got, we know what. You, you'll be fine, DS Nine. You'll be fine. We we gave you our crossover pilot. Just go play <laughs> in the in the Delta, you know, in the Gamma Quadrant. You'll be fine. You know. We didn't even baby-proof anything this time. Look at all this. I mean, look at, yeah, that station was not (laughs) (laughs) baby-proof. But it is interesting, you know, to go back and look and, like, TNG existed in such a, 
I, I truly do believe that TNG existed in such a time and place that that could only cultivate it. Like it, 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 if it didn't happen when it happened, it couldn't have happened. It was just, it was lightning in a bottle. It was like the perfect circumstances because frankly, we failed the first year and a half or two years, if you want to say like, if that, if TNG aired today, it would last three episodes and have gone down. As we in know flames. great shows but, sometimes don't last past one season <laughs> or four but, or four or four or three. Right. But but as we know, you know, TNG went on to be one of the most popular television shows literally of all time. It had it was breaking records left and right. It was it was doing crazy things that 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 even TOS couldn't imagine. Sorry, guys. You know, it was well, it was doing this. Well, things, it's so. it's the confluence of, you know, and this is kind of, I don't know, maybe inside Star Trek. I don't know. Anyway, um, but like the reason we got TNG was Star Trek four. I mean, because Star Trek Four was so popular, you're like, well, God, this franchise is really hot now. If we had waited and Star Trek Five oh, came out, which, which I mean, <laughs> I know, like, you know, we make fun of. I mean, it it did, it didn't like bomb at the box office, but it obviously didn't do as well at the box office as Four. Obviously, we can talk about what we think about it just as a movie alone, but you know, it would have been like, uh, okay, like maybe Star Trek Six, like maybe that. But that know, was the, we, we can't end on this. We have to do another yeah. one. <laughs> Exactly. So, I mean, you know, that's obviously the birth pangs of, of the TOS movies being successful, you know, up to that point, um, certainly gave us what we needed to, to exist. And so that was, but like you said, you know, you go left, right in, on that timeline and, and the heat isn't there necessarily to, to be able to, to, to hit when we can hit. No, that's a, that's a good point. Well, and, and another thing, like I was saying, you know, with the Trio versus ensemble is a was a big difference. I mean, yeah, everything was the Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, and sometimes even just Kirk and Spock. It was just so honed on those two characters. Whereas in Next Gen, it's I mean, it's the seven. I mean, that's a huge group. You know, eight if you count Wesley. You know, but and uh, we don't. And well, it just he's not usually in the big pictures, but uh, but it, it's 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 like the difference between like a Superman film where it's Superman, Lois Lane, Lex Luthor versus like Lord of the Rings where it's like, okay, you, you have to, it's a huge cast and you have these large, you know, fellowship of people. It's just a totally different dynamic and it worked, you know? Okay. What, 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 what? Now you're having me imagine which Star Trek TNG character <laughs> is a Lord of the Rings. I mean, war's pretty easy. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about, but like, um, Man, okay, I'll have to think about that one. Wesley is definitely a hobbit. Um, but yeah, you're right. And, and Picard's I know people definitely will say Gandalf. Like, yeah, oh, oh, exactly. You know, so, um, and I know people say, like, oh, well, TNG, you know, you guys didn't have that much character development. How can, but, like, you know, hey, we did. Um, you know, and, and Newsflash, you, we you did. Can, you can argue others did it better, and that's fine. But, um, but yeah, there was, I mean, when we got to the movies, it did become the Picard and Data Hour. But that's fine. Yeah, but, but, I mean, true. in the TV series, I mean, yeah. The captain, of course, gets his screen time, and and maybe not every character gets their episode like every single season, but they're there and they're there. And like you said, we didn't just have like the three featured actors right. on credits, and then like and, and the everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> well, although it, in some ways, though, I think it worked against TNG because you had, you know, I mean, we can definitely say that, you know, uh, I think. Tasha Yar's character didn't get a lot of fleshing. Well, maybe because she left the show. Yeah, but but well, she Troy's got fleshed character. out. 
if I you mean, know what I mean. I think Troy really got the sacrifice of that of the ensemble being that large. I think if it had been one or two people smaller, it, it's just only so many people you can focus on in a given season. I have now, to I have to disagree Darren, with you. How many people to. does it take before the cast becomes <laughs> wrong? Huh? I have to disagree with you, and and I'm sure for once. Okay, you've agreed with me network. like a dozen times this episode, so I'm I'm riding good. So. <laughs> it's true, it's true, and I'm sure for once that uh, you know Chris and Matt might appreciate this, but I'm going to defend Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine had way more characters than t- you know recurring characters mm. and things, and they juggled them very, very, very well. That is true. So we could have Deep Space Nine have is done the better. Simpsons of Star Trek. There are a million characters. True. Okay, true. I I concede that point. That is a very good point. So in the way it was written, they poorly wrote it so that, unfortunately, some of the characters kind of got lost in the shuffle. Yeah, some of the characters suffered for it. Yeah, I agree. But but again, again, (laughs) (laughs) again, we were, you know, we were charting new territory in television. So... How much of that can you hold against TNG? Really, I mean, it was it's it's an it's an early or late eighties and early nineties show, and you can only the best you know, hits of it, today and yesterday. Do 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 do. Wait, am I playing this on like NES here? What the heck? <laughs> I, know, I was trying to do the intro music. Uh, well, you know, one thing, uh, I mean, it's it's perhaps obvious um, or not obvious to point out, but the role of women. I mean, we didn't have uh, yeoman sexy legs and um, – no, I, I mean, I don't want to give it any short shrift to Uhura because I think Uhura actually does hold her own even though she is backdropping a lot. But when she does get focused on like, – she knows how to fix her, repair her station, all that stuff, and Spot compliments her. But but overall, you know, we get, we get even though we have counselor sexy legs as well, um, but still, you know, we, we do have Dr. Crusher, you know, being shown and then Guinan and, 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 you know, we, we have a, a little bit – obviously the 60s versus the 80s and 90s and then – Later shows would be more modern in their depiction too, but you know that was certainly a, an improvement. So you're saying that uh, that we don't sexualize to Paul any more than Troy? Is that what you're saying? Uh, well, and that we don't have people sexually harassing another character for the entire first season. But that's enough about Deep Space Nine. So. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, okay. we, we kid kids. We kid. we do we we do just kid. Especially when we're, you know, doing these episodes about the differences between the Star Trek series, which is interesting. I think it's it's fun to talk about these kinds of things. Um, all right, guys, let's let's head towards the end here. Let's let's start closing out now. Uh, of course, I'm sure we missed a ton of things. Uh, and in fact, we missed a ton of things from my own outline that I wanted to talk about. But you know, um, wh- closing thoughts, Darren. You know, we left things behind. Uh, Why do you from keep DOS. using Deep Space Nine? Series <laughs> you do. <laughs> we left things behind from TOS on well, purpose. Well, if wishes were horses, um, Daniel. And... <laughs> well, there's a progress has been made. It's, you're just saying babble, okay? It's just... Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Is this what we're going to do? We should get the orb guys on if that's what we're going to do the whole time. Well, they would be a good emissary about their series. Yeah, I bet they They'd would. bring their own um, ship. We would have a really nice duet together, I think. Anyways, come on. We, have to, we just have to stop doing this. Um, Darren, you know, we did leave things behind, for good or for worse. 
Um, there are things that we never picked up on in TNG. Some things that were picked up on in later Star Trek, some things that weren't. Um, what Do you regret... Do you wish that we saw... Would you have liked to have seen a Horda crew member <laughs> on TNG? Or are you glad that we never saw a mirror universe Hunter. Troy? Like, <laughs> like, are you... Where do you fall on the spectrum? Of course, that's a big question, but, you know, are you more happy that we left things behind, or do you wish we picked more things up? I think at this point, you know, it's, it's obviously just speculation, because we're not only looking at TOS through the lens of time and what's come after it, but we're also looking at TNG and what's come after it and what it's birthed and all of that. And I think, you know, like you said, it's in a way it was lightning in the bottle again, you know, from the original Star Trek to TNG because it was the right people at the right time with the right kind of show. And it just, and it came out great. And obviously for the three of us, it it's the, the best of the Star Trek series is what was created from that. And I think, um, but you know, but overall, I, no, I don't really feel that they missed out on any one or two things from the original series. Oh, I wish they'd really done this, you know, or kept this character or, or this person had shown up or they'd referenced this because, you know, like they did reference pieces, but you know, they were just too busy, you know, exploring the galaxy or teaching us about the Klingons. I mean, you know, we talk about differences and, like you said, they they cover the Klingons so in depth, you know, so much more than the original series, and that was great. You know, adding that, adding Romulans. I mean, we barely saw the Romulans, you know, in in TOS, and you know, because they were cloaked. Oh yes, yes, <laughs> but they're really easy to steal their cloaking device. Apparently, so I don't know why we didn't do that. <laughs> but no, I, I so overall, I felt it was a good balance, and I I don't really feel they're should have been more and because I don't really need to because Scotty showed up and uh it's you know we had McCoy and Kirk and just everything they're all making their way over Spock. eventually Spock you know. all right and uh what about you Philip are you uh the same way you think uh anything you regret not seeing or anything that you're glad that you didn't see well I think anytime you start a new series there's a lot of trials and tribulations but um, come on, <laughs> we're done with the we're done with the Deep Space Nine title. The Negus. Fun. No, I don't know. Okay, um, so I, I think yeah, I, I think again it's that set balance because you want to come into your own, and you can use this metaphor for life or for anything that you know. If you have a famous sibling, parent, whatever, you know, you want to come into your own before you then go back to them and be like, so can I have you know a recommendation? You know, because because you always want your own identity first, um, like any child does. Um, and I think that's what TNG is like, okay, you know, we're going to take a little bit, you know, maybe a few scripts, maybe a few ideas, maybe just an entire episode. Um, but, you know, we still want to make it our own before we go back to that well too often because then we're just going to be a carbon copy and we really haven't edited anything new. Um, and I just want to make a quick uh, addition, which I know we're not covering everything, but just like another little like, okay, this is different. You know, so we went from action captain with Kirk to non-action captain, um, not counting the movies. You know, where you just had Riker, the first officer, is now going to, you know, the captain shouldn't be in danger every episode. Which, you know, some people would think, like, well, I want to see an action captain. And, uh, you know, other people are like, well, maybe we want a more thoughtful one. But, you know, that's one you can debate, whether you like or not, because then maybe when you go forward into subsequent series, you saw more action captains um, with, you know, ninja action and their thing. Anyway, um, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's a lot of interesting changes, and I'm glad that we were 
uh, careful about staying away as much as we could from TOS. Not in a bad way, but more in a, you know, we try to make a few things better. We win our own identity. And then, you know, five seasons in, you know what? Maybe we can do a couple callbacks. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I I mean, I agree with you both. Um, I was thinking about the, what was it, the 30th anniversary? So I think it was the 30th, and you guys can correct me or any of our, our, our fans can correct me. We were um, never that young. Exactly. Um, but during Deep Space Nine and Voyager's run, there was an anniversary, and I think it was the 30th, where we had both Troubles and Tribulations, and we had um, the Voyager episode. Oh, uh, I know you're talking about with Sulu, right? Yeah, with Sulu, yeah. Which flashback? Yeah, flashback. Forgive me to the journey. To, to the, the journey. journey! <laughs> I had to get that in there. Um, yeah, flashback and troubles and tribulations. And I believe I don't think I'm going out on a limb or I'm going to offend anybody by saying this. One of those episodes is very widely regarded as a fantastic, probably one of the best episodes of Star Trek, and one of them is regarded as kind of a meh episode. The reason I bring that up is because I want to I want to make it clear. I think that there's a right way and a wrong way. Maybe not wrong, but a right way and a, a good way and a bad way. Oh, is that better than right maybe, and wrong? I don't think that's more interesting. <laughs> not as interesting. But well, I guess my point is, you know, there's it's black on one side, amazing, but white on the other. Terrible. <laughs> so there's an American way or a terrorist way to. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no, no, uh, you know, I'm just saying that there, uh, in fandom, there is a way to, to honor what's come before and, and maybe a way to, to not honor it so well. Uh, I think, I don't, I really don't think I'm offending anybody by saying Troubles and Tribulations is a better episode than Flashback. Um, both tr- had the same goal and they, one kind of succeeded a little bit more than the other, which is fine. Uh, I guess that's my point, is that TNG found itself in a very unique position where it could do both, and it tried to, instead of choosing to do one or the other, because, of course, it's a gamble, it decided to carve out its own path. And I'm glad that it did, because not only did it influence, which we didn't get to talk about too much, but it influenced Deep Space Nine and Voyager, and to a lesser degree, Enterprise. Um, No, when you say lesser, only because it had four seasons? Come on, Daniel, that's a low blow. (laughs) Uh, you know, it, it, it influenced those shows, but, uh, you know, it, it kind of laid the groundwork for them. But it's just, I, I just think that there was, uh, I'm glad that we didn't get TOS 2.0. I'm glad that TNG didn't turn into Phase 2, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And uh, I think we all are, to a certain degree. And this is a really deep topic there there are very many layers that we didn't get to touch on today and maybe we'll touch on them in a future episode um but if you have if you have anything to say about it you guys should contact us but seriously so tos elements and tng are not the only thing that we've been talking about on track of him this week so here's a look at what you may have missed elsewhere on the network previously on trek.fm standard orbit I mean, to be fair, the commissioner has a point. You know, he's talking about how I think it's millions of lives are in jeopardy because he, they need to get this vaccine to them. And Kirk is like, this is a pretty crazy-looking nebula. We should probably take a look at that thing. Earl Grey. Sir, there's another starship entering the zone. It's the <laughs> Enterprise! <laughs> <Yeah>, Enterprise! <laughs> <laughs> the Orb. 
it's never clear like is Costa Mojan, is that the name of a person from long ago or is it the name of a group of people? And so you're saying that in the prophet's language, Costa Mojan is the name of the paw race. Right, that's what they call the paw race. The Ready Room. Sean Piller did a great idea. He was 23 years old when he wrote this episode. He solved a problem that the other writers had been struggling with for years. To the journey! Think about how horrible it would be perceived by the audience to see Neelix beaten up ruthlessly. Some people would really enjoy that. That's true. I'm talking about normal people with hearts and souls. Okay, so those people. <laughs> Warp 5. You know, Spock and Tuvok are two Vulcans. And so I feel like if you brought 10 more into the room to say that they're all going to be the same is really a boring race. Commentary, Trek stars. This means that really now sort of the, the three of us are responsible for really getting the movie to, to, to what it's going to be. And, and there's a feeling, okay, but the movie we write is the movie that's going to get made, which is a really cool feeling, actually. Continuing mission. I wanted to tell a small story about people. Uh, I just felt like, let's let's talk about the people. Let's give the people a personality. Let's create a three-dimensional character. Melodic treks. But when J.J. Abrams came on, he was like, just in like casual... <laughs> T-shirt and jeans. T-shirt and, yeah. And because he'd just come from the set of... Star Wars. Yeah. Literary treks. What happened to all of the artificial intelligences? Where'd they go? 70 years had gone by. I think by. Kirk killed them all. He talked them he all did. to death. Yeah, he yes. had talked he them talked all to death. He talked them all to death. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. Check out these shows and get in on the daily Trek talk. You'll find them on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows Podcast Directory for Xbox and Zune, or you can stream from the website. Just visit trek.fm slash pd for podcast directory to get all the links. So guys, we got a message from a fan, and I'm gonna, I, I, I want to share this with you because this is great. Uh, we had a friend, uh, a friend by the name of Jeff, and that's all I'll say, who sent a message to the Trek of Him uh, forums, which everybody should check out. He says, love the show. I discovered you a bit late in the game, so I'm in the process of catching up on old episodes. Just finished 15. I know you mentioned some of the TNG fiction in past podcasts, but I was curious if you had any plans of putting those stories or novels under the old gray microscope. As someone who is a fan of the TNG universe and characters, I would love to delve into that side of the storytelling. However, I really don't know where to start or if I should leave well enough alone. I would love to hear your recommendations or beginner's guide to those stories of the TNG universe. Oh, God, Darren, go ahead. (laughs) We'll just be over here. Well, no, he just finished uh, our Christmas crossover about generations, so that's an awesome place to be. Uh, although I actually I haven't really read a ton of the next gen books. Just that, one. That's okay. Maybe one or two. <laughs> over and over. But um, <laughs> you know, I, I definitely would say literary treks uh, might be a good place to to listen, Jeff, if you're interested in just Star Trek, you know, books in general, because they do cover some uh, next gen ones as well as other other series. But uh, yes, my shameless plug for Ship of the Line. I think it's a great book. Definitely go check it out. But like I've said in this episode too, um, you know, Dark Mirror, you know, I've, I think Q... Q and Law. Q and Law, yeah. I've read Q that. Q Squared. Both good ones. So there are quite a few. I actually just find Devil's them heart. I like that through um, the local library. Often in their sci-fi section, they'll have a couple of next-gen books because, you know, they've been around for a while. So that's how I picked up a couple 
and uh, Ship of the Line changed my life after that. But uh, <laughs> Wait, are, are you saying that you went to the chief engineer, got some recommendations, and he said, check out your local library, but you don't have to take my word for it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I did. But no, it's, uh, like I said, I haven't read a, a ton of next-gen books, but there definitely are out there. I actually have been wanting to pick up some of the Titan books just to see where they went with that, with uh, with those characters, so. Yeah, but we we can't recommend enough, Jeff, to to check out literary treks because I guess to answer your question, we're not going to cover those books. Literary literary treks is the place to go for for any of the extended universe fiction that you're going to come across. Although we did appear on one of those episodes, and you can listen to that, and then you will know not to read. I was that say, do comic. we want to and reference that episode, Daniel? <laughs> Some of us were on there previous times, so just want to throw oh, that. That's out there. right. Philip was on there before. I'm sure that's we'll all right. be on again to talk about Ship of the Line. I don't think I don't, yeah, well, one yeah, of these I, days. I, you know what? <laughs> all the Earl Grey fans, you need to email Chris and Matt and request a special literary treks Ship of the Line episode. There you go. Actually, you guys don't even need I'm to come. Request... I'll just I'll just take care of this one from my no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to request right now. And and uh Darren, if you think this is over the line and Philip, you guys can vote. I'm going to request a super crossover. Oh. Bet- between uh between Standard Orbit, between us, between um the Deep Space not uh orb. Oh, god, you know that show? Orb. the orb. They have a name. The o- the orb and to the journey all for this new, this new, um, what is the, what is the, we talked about, we mentioned it before, but what is the new, uh, the T the, the, the comics that they're doing where Q shows up on JJ on the JJ prize <laughs> takes him to D space nine and they bring him to D space nine. So I feel like this is like a huge, okay. we, super for that we crossover. might have to have an ambassador and we each send like one person <laughs> to this because that's going to be a crazy show oh that's actually that's a great idea that's a that's a good idea uh yeah we uh chris listen you need to put at least one person from every show on that episode I mean, Char, because uh listen you need to uh to <laughs> 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 listen to what we're saying and uh make let's make that happen but uh, we really appreciate the feedback jeff and seriously anybody that wants to wants to talk to us please let us know what your opinions are what you think um if you would like to contact us to share your thoughts on today's show or any show uh just go to trekfm slash contact from that form you can choose send to show and select earl gray of course what else would you pick these messages will be emailed to the three of us you can also use the tab on the right hand side of any page on trekfm to send us a voicemail using your webcam's microphone the conversation is always going on with our podcast crew and other listeners in our forums at TrekFM slash forums. And finally, in social media, you'll find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash TrekFM and on Twitter under username TrekFM. Before we go, we'd like to ask everyone to please support our sponsor who helps us bring Earl Grey to you each week. And our sponsor for this week is Audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all of the books you've ever wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for. Audible is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from, and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers, and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. As a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice, along with a 30-day trial 
to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read, and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and Trek FM. And also TrekFan, a great way for you to take your love of Star Trek and put it into action. At TrekFan, you will explore new places, learn new things, and collaborate with other fans to solve puzzles, complete real-life mission objectives, and win great prizes. Challenges include communications, engineering, and flight operations. There's internet relay chat, free books through Starfleet Academy, and much more. Best of all, it's absolutely free. Not just free to play, but completely free. Find out more by visiting fm.trekfan.org. Again, that's fm.trekfan.org. And remember to use this special URL so that they know you heard about it here on Earl Grey on Trek FM. And lastly, there's one more way you can directly help us keeping Earl Grey coming to you each week. And that is by adopting some aliens. Well, illustrations anyway. If you go to trekfm slash donate, you'll find eight original illustrations by Tobu Ushi, who does most of the artwork you see on our website. They're available as both badges and art prints, and there are different contribution levels for you to choose from. Just let us know which you would like in which format. Again, you'll find them at trekfm slash donate, and your support helps us pay for the cost of production, hosting, and bandwidth that's needed to bring the show to you each week. All right, guys, so if people wanted to find you roundabout the internet, Darren, how would they get a hold of you? Oh, they can roundabout find me on Twitter under username DrSciFi. That's D-R-S-C-I-F-I. And if they want to talk about other science fiction, like maybe black and white science fiction this month, they can listen to me on my other podcast, which is called The Dr. Sci-Fi Show, available on iTunes. And Philip, where would they find you? They can run about find me on Twitter, and my handle is NC Public Servant. That's NC like the Will of Landrew. And they could find me as well on Twitter at OneUpDan, and that is the number one, not the word. All right, guys. Well, uh, I'm going to go hang out on the bowling alley. I'm going to go, uh, you know, bowl a few rounds. So I guess you can catch us all here next week on Ogre. Engage. Live long and prosper. Make it so. Fire. Fire.